Chicken wings? I, I eat the bones. <laughs> I swallow the chicken wings whole and I choke and I die. <laughs> Seriously, did I tell you when we were in Prague, we went Disco trying to find party. a lemon? And we found like liters of beer for $1.50. Of course. And the lemon was $3 for a single lemon. <laughs> yeah, it came with a pack of cigarettes. Right. <laughs> you bourgeois pig. <laughs> you counter-revolutionary scum. That's me. Is what is going on? All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Sam Lazarus. I'm Alan Sussman. And Raphael Rattenberg, ESQ. Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael Rattenberg, ESQ. No, he is our lawyer in case we get the rest. Scandinavian. <laughs> That's true. I don't know how to. You know, if you say we come here at a very good time. time. Like it's sometimes you should cast say a pod. It's oh I should I should say that sometimes you're right. We cast this pod, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so today we are talking about The Black Hole, a 1979 Disney feature. Oh god. Holy shit. <laughs> Centered around an anus. <laughs> Holy shit. This movie What was that? Was fucking Bad. deranged. <laughs> you know what? I think that like we can probably just stop the show after this because <laughs> if anybody wants to see this all this movie was if you told the plot of 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> to your 10-year-old cousin <laughs> and your 10-year-old cousin then got to make a movie yeah, it was like, based on that. That's all this was. There's a robot with drilled hands yeah. and, and, and he's a like, robot. But there's a nice robot named Vincent. <laughs> and then inside <laughs> one of the robots is a zombie. <laughs> oh, God. Did you know it's Slim it's, Pickens? It's, and some of those robots are zombies. <laughs> Did you know it's Slim Pickens? Bob, the voice of Bob is Slim Pickens. Was Pickens? Slim Pickens? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I even know it. who that is. I mean, they 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 brought some heavy talent yeah. onto yeah. this. Okay, Slim Pickens <laughs> is the dude who rides the bomb in. Star oh my God! How did I not? I, his voice talked a little bit like yeah. this. He was like, "Well, here I'm. This is Bob, your friendly neighborhood android. Go on without me, Vincent. Yeah. I yeah. can't make it. Technically, like, Bob's not. And then android. one of the one of the robots, he's injured and he can't make it onto the spaceship. This, oh this was, God! This was weird. Oh Disney. my God! And can we talk about ESP? Okay, wait. Like we, a we have a lot of robot. We, got a lot. A, we lot. got a lot of things to unpack in this movie. So, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, it is Which I guess ninety nine point infinity nine percent of the population. Actually, I think we might have missed it. Like people who are a little older than us, because it came out right after Star Wars. Are dead now. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it was fairly a big hit. Like, if not critically, it made its a lot money of back. Saw it, yeah, right. That's true. Many movies that were big hits are no longer watched right yeah like star wars <laughs> no one's yeah. heard of it well yeah so please, i guess please. you say like, star, you say star wars to so to a guy in the street <laughs> what the fuck are you talking like, about ronald reagan <laughs> yeah 48th president best he's pretty fucking good you ever eat a jelly bean yeah but uh, so i guess after star wars was like a huge success a lot of movies got put in development and this is one that got made somehow yeah. actually before before we started you were saying this is actually a horror movie uh, it should have been it I should mean, have been and it turns out i did a little research for this episode awesome which, i mean read the wikipedia article I, <laughs> I double checked that it was a disney movie because you guys yeah it was. but it turns <laughs> and, out yeah. that disney spun off uh i think it's t- 
Touchstone Pictures. One of their studios, which now makes horror movies, which is owned by Disney, huh. was spun off because of this movie. Because they were like, it's too dark, but we want to keep releasing movies like this, and we can't release them under the Disney. It was edges. too dark for some things, but not dark enough for other things. It was yeah, it's <laughs> like a middle child. Yeah, yeah, it's the best a bastard child. Of studio production. Yeah. It's funny. I saw this movie. It's, a, it's impossible to communicate <laughs> the the feel of this movie the, it's, in this, words. It's like a fever dream of a 10-year-old. Especially think, the end. Oh, yeah. the end is insane. And we will yeah. unpack the end quite a bit. So, like, I thought today we would probably talk a little bit about the science of black holes. Um, oh, I had an idea for that, actually. Because my uh, physics knowledge on black holes is not good enough to really point out all the terrible things in this movie okay so i think we should leave a gap and then alan will come and fill it in yeah (laughs) we should should leave a hole in the episode (laughs) yeah black a black hole hole. a black hole (laughs) alan is on vacation in japan he's gonna be skyping in (laughs) we'll let him from record from beyond the event horizon we've got beyond the grave (laughs) whoa dark I'm sorry. No, he's he's comfortably alive, I assume. Although he hasn't posted on Instagram in like a couple of days, so I was like a little <gasps> bit worried. No, he hasn't eaten any pretty meals that he needs to... <laughs> I think you mean he hasn't any, seen any meals. He hasn't seen any sunsets. God, I wrote in my notes, he's lit like Dracula. Oh, okay. I understand the look what that of this movie. <laughs> the look of this movie is another thing I want to talk about because this looked... This movie looked like Barbarella, yeah. <laughs> really which did. came out uh, like 13 years before it. <laughs> Like uh, you assume movie making progresses somewhat in no the, actually that the, amount of time? the the technical aspects of making this film were super advanced for the for the time yeah there are some really I thought very beautiful shots some of the wire work with them when they're doing zero g oh, yeah, looks that really first beautiful opening scene was amazing yeah, yeah the opening scene is beautiful and so that was another one of the topics I kind of wanted to touch on briefly was talking about um sort of the the cross Venn diagram of sci fi and western. Because I think that there's like a lot of existential okay. themes that both genres kind of bend into, and to me, I think it's it's one of my favorite places to go in a sci-fi movie, and and especially the opening. So you like Firefly, is what you're saying? I, you know, I've never seen Firefly. <gasps> I'm sure I know. Carolyn is like, you need to watch that oh, show. It's so good. Yeah, I didn't want to like it, but I, it's really good. It's really good. All right, it's very it's very smart. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So and, I, and cheesy, but you know. Yeah, well, it's yeah. Joss Whedon. I know. Uh, Joss Whedon never, like, Buffy is fine to me. <gasps> I'm sorry, Sam. I love you. Not showing it very well. Yeah, so should we start with a plot breakdown? Or? Of Buffy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, do, it's like I episode one. one. I've, never, I know. I've never done this. I've never uh, done a plot you, breakdown. You want to do, do the plot breakdown? I'm, this I'm is great. Try, I'll try this. Let's do it straight, though. Okay. I, I think I can try to do it straight. Can right. you do it straight? I've tried before. Can you help? Okay. <laughs> we start. Okay, so we start on a spaceship. Space. <laughs> we start on a spaceship, and they're just, it's a crew. They're traveling through space. There's the stoical captain. There's the hot-headed uh, first mate, I guess. He's pretty the, green, the kid. Yeah. The kid. There's a, I should bring my gun. There's the, there's the buttoned-up scientist. There's the um, completely token female character who, who has ESP psychic which you only psychic. find out like three quarters of the way into the movie no, after no she communicates with Vincent at yeah, the but beginning they don't know how you establish like she says explain. ESP at oh, the beginning really? and I yeah. was sort of like we should maybe sometime oh hang on maybe we should close that window yeah let me do that back to you Raph yeah 
jump back on it. So there's really, I mean, all the characters are extremely broadly drawn and very two-dimensional, but, you know, the female character manages to be even more one-dimensional. She has the ESP. Um, she doesn't seem to, they don't seem to be directing her particularly. Like, she doesn't seem to be reacting to things that are going on around her, <laughs> except when, like, she's, like, the one, the only person on camera. And they're just, like... Make a face like you're the robot just told your brains directly something very awful. Well, and then she like looks like that happened. But like if you look at her in any <laughs> scene, she's sort of just like standing there. They also which, hang on. Yeah. We're, we're missing I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're you're Not forgetting that there's another <laughs> there's another crew member, which is Well, there's a bunch of crew members. Ernest Bo- there's the <laughs> Ernest Borg nine. Oh yeah. Who we I don't think he's ever established what he does. Like I think he's a newspaper reporter at some point. <laughs> Like, he's up, he's the token old man on the crew. Ernest oh, Borgnine. Or Ernest okay. Borgnine. <laughs> hey, do you guys want me to fix the ship or are we getting out of We should get out of here. <laughs> the food on this place is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so much gas. I've been, I've been trying in space and I'm in zero G. <laughs> I fought and I hit my head on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. Farting in space. I'm sure it feels awesome. Regular farting feels awesome. That's true. Agreed. Um, okay. Good. All consensus. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, but but you forgot that, <laughs> that the there most is important character, Vincent, the floating garbage can with googly eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This the, this robot looks. <laughs> this robot looks like the first draft of how you would make a robot if you were making a story about robots. It looks like an Instagram yeah, filter, <laughs> like come to life. I feel like it's pretty clear that they're just pandering to R2-D2 well, yeah. fans well, and children. Yes. Yeah, but he talks like C-3PO and is like constantly quoting like Shakespeare and Moliere and it's just oh, like... Oh yeah, Cicero once said. That's not how he talks. He talks like this. As Cicero once said, put it in me, please. It's Roddy McDoyle. God damn it. This Yeah, we forgot to mention that Anthony Perkins is the Anthony the Perkins, captain, right? Is n- is not captain. the captain. No. Anthony Perkins is the scientist, isn't he? I couldn't tell what cuz it seemed like he was sort of in charge and the other guy was the pilot, the southern dude. The southern dude? The the one who was like the tough kind of Texanish guy who's like we're getting out of here. Oh. No. I didn't I didn't read him as southern. Raph didn't actually see the movie. I, I'm, make, I'm making it up. <laughs> you were I'm psychically make... linked with your <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> with my Roku. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so anyway, keep going. I wrote this movie, <laughs> <laughs> but I was too ashamed of it to watch. <laughs> you you wrote this movie four years before you were born, right? Approximately, probably five actually. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Vincent. I mean he's got big googly eyes, <laughs> which really look very painted on. <laughs> so this is like a highly sophisticated robot. He's also a crack sharpshooter somehow. Yeah. He has like a literal can opener that comes out of his chest. <laughs> and yeah, he's wisecracking. And, uh, but they love him. They do. Early on, they find themselves in the depths of space <laughs> next to one of the, and this is something that I'll throw out for the, the, the dork in the room, is they find that's themselves me. in the depth of space and they're like shocked. They're like, that's one of the biggest black holes I've ever seen. How do you how do you miss that shit? <laughs> like, how do you miss a black hole? Where are you yeah. going that you miss a black hole? Like, yeah. you're unaware of it. Well, they kind of, of say, like, 
Because the movie opens there off course. They're doing a course correction. Oh. And they're like, how is it possible we have to do a course correction? And Vincent is like, I think I found the source of our course error. And it's the black hole. Yeah. The black hole like pulled them off course. Yeah. And I realize that black hole science has probably progressed <laughs> quite a bit. We probably <laughs> understand it. Since the mid-70s? Since the mid-70s. I guess so. Again, I'm, I'm not. But I've seen Cosmos and they definitely had like. And that was made around the same time. Mm. They definitely had a pretty good sense of yeah. what black holes were. And I think even they knew that the center of the galaxy was an ultra-massive black hole. They theorized. I think there's the very little black hole science that, like, around the edges, pun intended, we have made progress. But the basic theory hasn't changed, I don't think. All right, fair enough. Well, well they, they, before that. They, they happen upon a black hole, which is sort of like, it has a sort of Western tinge to it. Like you could sort of like happening upon like a deserted town. Exactly. Or, you know, happening upon like something like a, uh, I don't know, what's what's a good Western trope? A meteor storm. It was, it was to me, it had the vibe of either coming upon a ghost town that like yeah. for some reason it was totally abandoned or from like a nautical perspective, which also I guess kind of bends. Sure. A shipwreck. That, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a ghost ship. Or like. Yeah. A giant whirlpool standing in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Or like a deserted island. There was like a, a vibe of that kind of a thing. So they come upon a giant space station that is Ship. abandoned. The heart Ship. Of, the heart of darkness. The heart of darkness. Thanks. It's actually called Cygnus, which I'm not sure if this is intentional or not, but or which order this happened in, but one of the biggest black holes we know of is in the Cygnus constellation. Huh. Wow. News you can use. <laughs> That's the only edifying thing this podcast has ever contributed. Yeah. <laughs> also, I might be wrong. Yeah, so then... <laughs> also, with a caveat, that might not be true. Well, so it turns out that the ship in the next to the black hole is... The Cygnus. The Cygnus is being run by this mad scientist who's researching... Oh, well, you're, you're jumping ahead. I'm here. sorry. Well, they come, they come on it. They come upon it, and it's uh, it's the, tele, the telepaths, the empath, whatever was she... Yeah. The telepath's father was. They identify it. And they say it's completely. It looks completely derelict. And they, she says, uh, "Oh, my father was on this research ship thirty years ago." And like conveys almost no emotion. <laughs> She's like, "I wonder how he is." Yeah, yeah right. it's like I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if he looks thirty years older when I last saw him. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's completely derelict, and they like are trying to navigate around it, I guess. And they like run into trouble. Uh, the black hole is exerting some kind of gravitational pull on them and the Oddly. ship gets yeah the ship gets fucked up and they have to dock on the cygnus um they're gonna try and make repairs and they go and they go and as they're docking like the thing which is totally dark lights up uh which is a little eerie i guess and then they you know there's they don't see anybody until they just run into a cadre of robots it takes them to maximilian schnell <laughs> and his evil sidekick robot named maximilian it's a float <laughs> A floating, a, fo- a, yeah, a floating power drill. <laughs> yeah, he's actually pretty scary. He's but definitely yeah. really scary. Although he does have like a bit of like a KFC bucket for a head kind of scenario. I think it would have been better if he spoke. Yeah, I agree. He's silent the whole movie. This this sort of evil, menacing robot. He doesn't touch the ground, which I thought that was really cool. I liked. There's a couple times that they touch on um, that. Uh, I don't remember the name of the mad scientist. He's a little afraid of Maximilian. Dr. Hans Reinhardt. Dr. Zismore. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Zismore is pimple-popping robot. 
Max. Max. Maximilian. Oh, God. Yeah, this movie has an unbelievable cast. Right? Pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. Like, if, like, if, like, Lawrence Olivia and Orson Welles showed up in this movie <laughs> as, like, silent bid parts, as, yeah. like, zombie robots. Yeah. Like, my finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that Orson Welles' final role was as the voice of Unicron in the Transformers movie. His finest I think I did know that, yeah. I mean, another... Now I can die. Like, ridiculous sort of sci-fi bendy movie with an unbelievable cast. Like... Leonard Nimoy and I don't know a bunch of other famous actors are are voicing Leonard Nimoy doing sci-fi whoa yeah all right okay I'll delete this very good just delete the whole podcast yeah (laughs) yeah this this episode is the one that let's do a podcast about drugs (laughs) I'm finally gonna break our friendship (laughs) welcome to best buds (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah this is turning into like a morning zoo show (laughs) (laughs) like we're gonna be talking about the black hole with Jimmy the Goblin, hey, what's up? <laughs> Jimmy the Goblin. Lenny the Mook. Oh, God. Yeah, so do you want to keep doing the yeah, plot breakdown, like, or is our friendship canceled? You're like no, a fifth no. of the way into the movie. Yeah, like yeah. We're, we're wading through this. Um, so, it becomes at some point, it becomes pretty obvious that the scientist is mad and also possibly evil, and they get some clues here and there. Like, Ernest Borgnine <laughs> sees a giant forest, and later on, Dr. Zismore says... <laughs> Oh, it's just myself to feed, and I have a little garden patch to feed myself. And Borgnine says, there's a whole big forest in there. Yeah, he's like, there's a whole lot of food in there. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I saw a potato the size of a truck. <laughs> so oh, they get God. suspicious. And there's a robot funeral, which was pretty creepy. That yeah, is, that was that awesome. was the thing. <laughs> so... We can get into the... I mean, the robot funeral was the reason I wanted to watch this movie because it was the thing that I remembered the most... I watched it at like a weird Christian day camp that my parents sent me to when I was a child because there were no other camps while they were like doing construction on our house upstate. And they were like, well, you need to be somewhere during the day that isn't here. Inhaling dust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they were like, oh, well, I guess this is the only one our that's son has available. Been sitting in the middle of the floor inhaling dust for a week <laughs> yeah to get him out in the great outdoors plaster. yeah exactly and i think there was like a rainy day and <laughs> this was like the only movie they had in the closet they're like kids we're gonna watch the black hole today actually that makes sense yeah it's fairly christian movie yeah there's a lot of christian themes in this movie i think weirdly there's like two yeah there's like two yeah the, the devil is real hell. yeah done um yeah but the robot funeral scene is you can look it up on YouTube and I would recommend it and we'll tweet it out when we put the show up. But Will we? I think so, yeah. I mean, cool. it is. So do you want to keep talking about the plot of this movie or? Uh, I oh, mean, Raph, where, I just wanted to jump in. Yeah, I would love to, I'd love to talk about the plot of this movie. The uh, You were talking about the, the funeral thing. Oh, the robot you, funeral. You missed the robot with a limp. The oh, robot. yeah, there's a robot with a limp too that... that that Borg nine sees, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that lets him know something something fucked up he is going on. <laughs> that yep. robot's walking funny, <laughs> and not because I punched him out for stealing my ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> so then what happens? I was going with that. <laughs> so it suddenly dawns on the entire crew who are on the ship uh, that there might be something sinister going on. That the story given by the evil scientist, which is that. Uh, 
the crew had all escaped or they had to leave because of issues with the ship. No, yeah. they were ordered to return yeah, to he, Earth. And he refused. Yeah, so he was, they left. I refused and they carried on. I don't know. He so, doesn't talk that way. Yeah. Or say that. Daunt's yeah. on the crew of the... Palomino. Palomino. I like the good ship name. Yeah. yeah so is the Cygnus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Palomino crew thinks something sinister might be going on. <laughs> Not doing a very good job of this. But time then, like. but then Bob <laughs> reveals that indeed something sinister is. Wait, going we haven't on. gotten. Well, okay, so Bob is. So the the Cygnus is staffed by a bunch of robots that are fucked up and weird, and they're all silent. And then they find this one robot in like a dumpster, uh, and he looks like a shittier version of the Palomino's robot, Vincent. You find him literally like Max Maximilian, like smacks him out of the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty He's brutal on introduction. A pile it's like, of get out of here, like broken metal. Yeah, and actually, the, when no, he the falls Maximilian off the just pile. makes like this one, one cre- creepy noise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, you mean the evil robot? I thought you meant Maximilian <laughs> Schnell. Yeah. There's a great sound effect when he knocks Bob off the pile. It's like. A bunch of tin cans hitting the floor <laughs> simultaneously. Oh man! Yeah. So then Bob has like has a legitimate country accent because he's played by wait who who's Slim Pickens. <laughs> it's unreal. This movie's unreal. <laughs> this movie is amazing. Where did they come up with this? It's just like it's I, like it's it just like vacillates so quickly between cutesy pootsy and like severe creepiness. Yeah, like a legitimate horror. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the robot funeral is terrifying, and. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty creepy, and the silent robots are all creepy. Like it has a very, very creepy vibe to it. Uh, there is so the mad scientist Doctor Zismore divulges his plan. I'm, I'm not remember his name. <laughs> Doesn't Reinhardt. Reinhardt. Reinhardt yeah. divulges his plan. Something along the lines of he wants to go. Well, he invented some sort of anti gravity force field, <sighs> yeah, something yeah. or other. The for science the of this is super cogent. Yeah. And uh, and the um, you know, Miss Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins, Anthony Perkins <laughs> oh God, is like such a turd is in this like, movie. Oh my God! He invented the anti gravity force field. I mu- I simply must know more. Yeah. I've got to go through with this. Yeah, and then you know, Doctor uh, Reinhardt says, <laughs> "Well, what I need the crew to do is to mo- uh, you know, as we are going to go into this black hole, I need you to monitor this or something or into other into it." Through it, yeah, into and it and beyond through it. it, into it, through it, and beyond. That that is what he says. <laughs> I yeah. think that's the title wow. of the episode. <laughs> into it, through, into it, it be- through it, and beyond. beyond it. I like that. All right, this Awful. is great. Yeah, I just want to interject, Raph. I think we gave you a difficult no. task because the plot of this movie is like completely nonsensical. Well, it's not completely nonsensical. Yeah, it's it's no. actually okay. somewhat straightforward. But it doesn't like as the plot of a movie. It's it's not like none of the events really move the the story forward, right? It's just like thing happens, thing happens, thing happens. You find out he's evil. Thing happens, thing happens, thing happens. The end. Yeah, it's it's essentially they find a ghost ship. The ghost ship is piloted by this mad scientist. The mad scientist tells them that he's going to take them through a black hole to infinity and beyond. He did something terrible to the crew to turn them into like humanoid cyborg slaves and built his own robot army, including Maximilian, his chief robot, who is somewhat afraid of. Yeah, he like can't a, control. Like a, he can't control. That's a just, weird reveal, and it only happens for like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, actually, there's an interesting subtext through that, really throughout the movie that. that all the robots... 
like not just the androids, but all the robots seem to have like pretty rich emotional lives. They're autonomous. Yeah. Like not, not just autonomous, but like feeling. Like yeah. like the Captain Star who is like bitter and jealous of Bob being a better shot than him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's yeah, true. It's weird. And and Vincent, when like right. uh, there's an, uh, a scene in the beginning where it looks like Vincent, their robot is going to get blown into space, and they're like, "You can't just let Vincent go. He's as important as any member of the crew." He is yep. a member of the crew. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Rob. Um, but then the the end of this movie also is is really very strange. I don't know. The end of this movie is powerfully weird i think so, uh, it's uh, also heavily foreshadowed like all the way oh, through the movie they oh. keep dropping these religious references yeah and he even says at the beginning it looks like something out of dante's inferno vincent says oh shit yeah, yeah he says no, that and he no, says i think i think, I think bergnine, yeah, bergnine, says bergnine says that, says that yeah. and interesting anthony perkins says i can't look into a black hole without seeing like a, a red guy with a pitchfork and a tail and you know what yeah. uh Interestingly, uh, so just to reveal this, uh, Ernest Borgnine winds up, he's he's fakes an injury while they're trying to rescue the crew and get them back on the Palomino. He takes the Palomino uh, and he actually, you know, fakes his injury and he's trying to escape uh, and dooming everyone else to die on the on the Cygnus. And he launches it into uh, off, the, off the Cygnus, which is immediately shot down, but shot down in such a way that it crashes into the Cygnus and prevents the Cygnus from entering the black hole and it causes a cascading effect of uh, technical problems. So let's just throw this all together here. Might as well give it some subtext that doesn't actually exist. Ernest, Bor- Ernest Borgnine's character is a traitor. He's a betrayer. What's the innermost circle of hell reserved for? The oh, betrayers. Holy the shit. The ninth circle of hell. Shit. Nice. Yeah. That Dropping is some, some catechism. Erudite. Yes. Boom. It's not, ca- it's, not, it's not canon, my dude. Dante. What? Dante's not canon? No, I don't I, think we need a real. We need a legit we need a Catholic. Christ, we need a Christian, and as someone who knows a little bit, it's <laughs> you do not read Dante in Sunday school. Okay, I, but I Dante read Sunday school. Yeah, Dante went to Sunday school. Yeah. yeah, where did he? So it's canon. Did he just make up all that stuff then? Like all the circles and the <laughs> not all. Of uh, yeah. Well, I guess no, we no. A lot of that stuff probably comes from like early Jewish Medieval. theology, right? About oh. the angels and the demons and stuff, right? Yeah, no. that's true. I mean, some of those, no, right? I'm, I'm not aware of um, any precedent to this idea of there being circles of hell and uh, particular types of sins being ascribed to them. And it's certainly not uh, dogma that there's like the um, outside of or inside the gates of hell, but outside of the tormenting circles, like the the righteous unbaptized, the righteous pagans like Aristotle and right. Virgil yeah, they're hanging and outside the gate. They're hanging out. Virgil's his guide. I mean, right. they're tailgating. Yeah, I, I no, this is not. This is it's a work of fiction. I mean, unless it's a work of fiction, assuming you don't believe that Virgil told Dante. Like that, Virgil. I don't took think. Dante I don't think you're hell. meant to. I don't think that. You don't think it's meant to be. I don't like think a travelogue. I, no. Okay. I don't. I, it's not meant to be. It's meant to be allegorical. It's not meant to be an, an actual biblical unlike, text. Unlike a, a, rev, a revealed text. Mm. It's not meant to be a revealed text. But so anyway, in going through the black hole, we have two things that we see. Right. So essentially, what happens is the crew of the Palomino. You want to finish it out. The crew of the Palomino, 
uh, through many trials and tribulations involving laser shootoffs, <laughs> which and they some, made your favorite sound. There were definitely some like pew pew lasers in yeah, this, and I thought about you. There were pew pew lasers. <laughs> yeah, just like in dance hall music. <laughs> we should get some of those sound Legalize effects. Legalize it. <laughs> 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 um, Good rhythm. But yeah, you were gonna say. So uh, there was meteors crashing into this ship for some fucking oh, reason. Oh, yeah, a coincidental meteor sh- storm. That's what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't rewind this for a second. There were things <laughs> I didn't understand that I didn't bother rewinding. Yeah. Like, you know what? This is, this is happening. No, it doesn't, gonna, that's what I'm saying. I'm just it gonna, doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to you know, go go into it, through it, and beyond it. That's how I feel about this movie. I'm going into it. I'm yeah. going through it. I'm going... In, down the hatch. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I will get to move beyond yeah. this. Felt a little <laughs> bit like the t- train spotting scene when he goes through the toilet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was a bit like that. Oh yeah. god, yeah. So yeah, so they have the so much what would it, what would have been, and eventually they get into the probe ship, and the probe ship launches off, but its pro its coordinates are pre-programmed, and they by. Dr. Reinhardt, and they can't. I, I really, <laughs> you're going to say Zizmore. I really have trouble with this. Um, oh, shit. Zizmore is vaguely evil and German sounding, which is why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, you know what I found out on the topic of Dr. Zizmore? Is he alive? I think that he still is. My dad told me when he was a little kid, Dr. Zizmore was the joke name of a dermatologist. Like when someone had acne, they Zitzmore. would say, You got to go see Dr. Zizmore. Huh? But now there is an actual Dr. Zitzmore. I thought that was funny. This anyway, is like some Alex continue. Jones shit where, where it's just like, I'll cut that. Forget this it. This is Alex Jones front to back, my dude. <laughs> we have no basis for anything that we're saying. This Folks, is like, it's time for you to stop making fun of me. <laughs> is, that, is that a good Alex Jones? I really, I honestly I don't know if I've ever heard his Folks, voice. Folks, I am a Christian. That's pretty good. God damn it. You got to have more vein poppage. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hulkamania will reign supreme for uh, ever. Uh. <laughs> oh God, that's my endorsement for this week. We'll, we'll talk Hulkamania. about it. Alex Jones. Have you guys not heard the Hulkamania song? It's actually it's simultaneously like hilarious and really sad that that Hulk Hogan recorded for like a Make a Wish kid that he met, and then the kid died. You haven't heard Holy this? Shit. No, it's. I like I it's <laughs> you know what it's like I don't you know it's like watching like a 5-year-old try to approximate like adult emotions or like you know hang on let me rephrase this watching Hulk Hogan try to approximate like adult emotions is like watching like a child build a car out of a box and be like why doesn't it go so it's just like okay fuck it I'll cut this whole thing <laughs> no no That's I, I understand it's yeah. sort of like I'm just a character and I'm <laughs> going to have to act out emotions that are not part of this character, which, you know, you get the signal that it's like subsumed my entire personality. <laughs> All right, brother. Yeah, exa- brother. Um, yeah, it's called, I think it's called when Hulkster comes to heaven, we'll Holy tag up again. Crap. It's really, it's got like, <sighs> it's, it's actually really, really sad, but it's also super funny so i'm gonna cut this whole thing because it's too sad to talk about cool um yeah where so were the we? probe ship launches right. and <laughs> it, it it's program its coordinates are pre-programmed it goes into the black hole there's a sort of obligatory like psychedelic scene 
which is it's like this is movies from 1979 like they must have had this one in the vaults for a while yeah it was like so like we'll show yeah we'll show them with going down a tunnel of flashing colors and like weird camera cuts and show them upside down with these like voiceovers of like you know like psycho babble <laughs> inside each character's head and random like clips from the movie like random bits of dialogue yeah right? that are repeated like, from earlier in the movie yeah which it seemed like to me had like no relevance it was just random yeah it was like clips. how are you and i'm then, good <laughs> then it comes to something which i think was so profoundly it was the most disturbing yeah, part this of the movie. is the most disturbing Where it shit. just like it comes straight out left field and basically dick slaps you in the face like this image of dr reinhardt in like a goat demon body right well, he's oh he merged no he's mer- no sorry he, you're right you're sorry i'll, I'll retract he mer- he is merged with maximilian he's just like even more intensely grotesquefied version of this this evil-looking robot merged also, with Dr. Reinhardt. Also, his hair has grown like two feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like standing that. on the top of this like precipice with this like, you know, eerie red glow. And he's, you know, standing on top of a rocky precipice and it zooms out slowly. And there's like, you know, these robots writhing in torment below him. Yeah, it's is like that flames. an accurate description? It's flames. Is it's, that a- it's hell. It looks, it's I hell. mean, it's hell, yeah. obviously. It looks like one of like the Gustave Doré etchings of Dante's Inferno, except there's like a robot in the center of it, and it's fucking horrifying. Yeah. Is that the last shot of the movie? I now no, cannot it's not, remember. It's not, the it's, la- not. it's not the last shot of the movie, um, but I mean, just like where that comes from, like how, were we at any point led to believe that this movie was anything other than like a an adventure story, with a you know a besides sm- all the s- a smooth the talking droppings. goofy robot sidekick and I want to <laughs> say really yeah. maybe if any minor very minor religious undertones if any up until this point and no, you get this yeah. like there, image it's just, not religious undertones it's like the characters keep dropping religious references yeah they keep talking about the i mean because uh, dr zismore keeps mentioning like like we are going beyond religion you know he talks about hell quite a bit and he's always dressed in red i mean there's like a lot of like heavy uh, i think kind of dressed in red is maybe a stretch no he wears diabolical he wears like a weird i know he's red, dressed in red yeah <laughs> I don't think it's. A I'm not disputing that. I think because, yeah. like I said, one of the first lines in the movie is like, "This reminds me of Dante's Inferno." Yeah, I know, and like, I it is there. And it's he, just and not yeah, there. And then in he the does themes. slowly turn to face the right. camera and give us like a sort of like arched eyebrow look. Yeah, it's like this reminds me of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah, read it. <laughs> go to your local library and read it. Pause the movie. Go to your local library. Pause the film. Everybody out of the theater. Whoa, whoa wait. <laughs> We'll be back in an hour. Oh, we'll God. just <laughs> so then we'll do some coke. What is the f- the final scene? Is them? Is it, it like is angels? The, is that uh, the final yes. shot? I think it's an- yes, it's ambiguous. No, it's, it's definitely not, not, it's ambiguous. not ambiguous. It's like they go what into hell, and then there's like a bright white corridor, and they the camera follows an angel down the corridor, and oh, then yeah. they come out on the other side and then the, you see a planet and the movie ends. Yeah, and they're like, we're going to that planet. I think I got like secondhand tripping from this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, I don't think I was paying attention as much. After, after no, it's the, like two seconds. After the hell scene, I was just like, I, I was not prepared to to look or think or feel any particular way. Yeah, it also didn't like, make any sense. Where did this sense. come from? Like how, how does 
a portal to heaven open in hell, and then that portal leads to the the universe. Doesn't yeah, make I mean, sense. you just you you. It's the stylistic shift is so abrupt and so disconcerting. Like you have this is like a like fast sort of fast paced action movie with typecast characters and some goofy and, comedy and some goofy comedy and space cowboy adventure, and then like all of a sudden, it's something out of like you know like Euro Gothic. <laughs> 60s cinema dario argento yeah it's like where the shit did this come from (laughs) yeah it does so then i was like i looked at i was like disney huh wow holy shit (laughs) what the fuck was going on it was like it was like i think that like um mainstream experimentation in movies like definitely in the late 60s there were some like seriously fucked people were like getting seriously fucked in the head and it but like disney it took them like 10 years to get to that point yeah, well, it was because like you know over the course of the '60s the studio system collapses, right? And so like it's the it's the birth of a couple of things where like you know basically in in the '70s like American filmmakers get hip to sort of like European cinema. So it's whether it's like you know the French New Wave or the sort of like interwar like Italian neo realism and like you know a bunch of Japanese stuff as well. And so, like, American filmmakers start doing that. And then the studio system is like, oh, shit. Like, you know, some of these major studios start getting run by these kind of freaks who legitimately put out, like, bizarre fucking movies. You know, dudes like Robert Evans who, like, you know, got to run Paramount. But, like, he made fucking Rosemary's Baby or he produced it. Sorry, I spaced yeah, out. And it, 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 yeah, it's... It, it, <laughs> he spaced out? <laughs> Did Hi-oh. you go to a black hole? <laughs> 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 Uh, so I mean, yeah. Stylistically, the ending was like, I don't know, it's the closest touchstone. Something like, um, there's this other very strange Donald Sutherland movie from the '70s called "Don't Look Now," huh? Uh, just like really profoundly weird shit. Obviously, yeah, 2001 yeah, no. is, yeah. but yeah, but but in it's, some superficial way, it's like 2001, but not. Not substantively. So I didn't sense. look into the the, his, the history of it, but the idea that hell is at the bottom of a black hole is like fairly common in not just cinema. Like there are lots of movies. Like Event Horizon is a good example. Yeah, right. Which where, I, I'm sure that Event Horizon. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting okay. today. I'm sure that Event Horizon like uh, took a lot from this movie. Well, so that's what I'm not sure about. It could be that it took a lot from this movie, or it could be that that's an idea that predates this movie right i, and I goes think it's into, a very alluring idea that yeah. you know beyond the event horizon in the black hole which is like sort of something that's profoundly unknowable that there exists a space like a specific designated space within our universe where there is an something unknowable flies in the face of this uh the spirit of and I- the ideas of science in a way it also makes sense. it's almost paradoxical that science yeah. uncovered something that is a definite unknown that is unknowable beyond True. the limits of the liminal and so that's a very mm-hmm. attractive idea so why not put something in there th- these these concepts that have just been with us for for a millennia where we think of it like that that is heaven that is hell that is the you know life after death or whatever it yeah. makes perfect sense it also makes sense like sort of topologically like once you discover with science that it's not hell that's under our feet it's mantle and then the core right it's rock and then you're like, okay, well, where could the underworld be if not in the middle of the earth? Like, what is under reality, right? A black hole is like you go down into the substance of the universe past the point of no return. 
So it is like essentially in physics terms, the underworld, right? Huh. Do we want to just, I mean, I think I, I think <laughs> I know the answer to this, but just to touch on it, mm. it's not possible to enter a black hole in That's any sense. That's not actually right. Now and again, we're going to have to get obviously Alan energy on this. can enter. So, well, hole. no. So it depends on the size of the black hole. I think that the theory now is that a sufficiently large black hole you could. What about enter. my? Bl- can you enter my black hole? Can I? Or <laughs> it's <have> sizable. I? <laughs> um, oh God. Yeah. So I had a bunch of questions about that, but just like before we get into the science of black holes and just sort of some of those questions, which. You know, okay, so we'll cut Alan in in a bit and just have some some of him talking. Can't but just wait for to hear Ran- Alan ramble on endlessly oh about black holes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I uh, thought he was going to be here. I was pretty black? excited about that. Oh it's man, not always black is the thing. <laughs> Sometimes they are magenta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you know they have hair? It's true. Black holes have hair. It's great talk. Elaborate on that. It's uh, you were not going to elaborate on that. No, going to leave just, that fucking turd <laughs> in the middle. Of I was the waiting for the <laughs> Black holes. They're members of the string cheese incident, so they're encouraged to grow their beards long. Yeah, and we're nice. calendars. I'll cut that. No, it's basically like um, it's one of the big things that Stephen Hawking did. You asked in a previous episode, like, is Stephen Hawking really so the skateboard guy relevant? <laughs> 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 Stephen Hawking, pro skater. My oh thing. god yeah i asked if yeah. he was if he was actually a scientist or if his job was mostly like i ironically enough like translating the computer yeah so you're wrong okay and one of the things that he discovered which is fairly groundbreaking is this idea of so there's this thing called information theory you guys know about conservation of energy and yeah. matter which basically says like there's a fixed amount of energy and mass in the universe yeah which right? that makes perfect sense and you can convert in theory, between mass to energy and in practice, as we talked about in the Godzilla episode. Yeah, um, which, I mean, we, we see it here, right? You set something on fire and it goes from mass to That's sort of different, but yeah, heat. yeah, okay. I mean, radiant energy of some... Yeah, that's more like chemical energy is converted into thermal energy. Okay, fair it's enough. It's not mass being converted into energy. Okay. Which is what happens in a thermonuclear reaction. Oh, yeah, okay. Or inside the sun. Um, but so then there's this other principle of conservation which is theorized which is called the conservation of information which says that in principle uh all things that have existed like once like for instance if you burn a log all of the particles in the wood and all of the chemical energy stored in the wood are still in the system after you burn burn the log so even though you can't do it in theory the information that was contained in every iota of the log is still in the system it hasn't disappeared it's just been scrambled to the point where we can't actually read it right i you guys following so love far? that theory yeah it's a good theory so but the problem was well if you have a black hole there's an event horizon nothing can escape the black hole that means the information has been irretrievably removed from the system huh right so to to hawking that was like a glaring flaw in theory you couldn't have a black hole doesn't make sense because it fundamentally removes information from the universe so the what he came up with over the course of many years and then lost a bet which is you guys should look that up it's a funny story um is he discovered that what happens is on the event horizon you get what's called pair production which happens all the time in the vacuum of space where like the void you get zero energy turns into 
a pair of particles, say oh, one positive, one negative. Electron, for instance, they're supposed to mute each other out of existence Ex- immediately. Immediately, so they come into existence, and then the the charge pulls them back together, and they annihilate. But if that happens on the event horizon of a black hole, one particle gets pulled in, and the other one doesn't. So you actually get this evaporation off of the black hole, which is charged particles getting thrown off, uh, which he called hair. The black hole has hair. Oh, yeah. that's I, Hawking I radiation. Aware, yeah, exactly. yeah, and they, where there's like a penumbra of radiation. Yeah. Well, there's other things going on too, but yeah. Hawking radiation specifically is what I'm talking and about. I thought that that was one that they, because that was one of the questions that I had for this episode was sort of like, have we, you know, this thing is so integral to our understanding of the universe and yet we functionally never really discovered one, right? We have theories well, about where one might be. I mean, we have, Before we, we get have pretty to good that, idea. though, um, so I guess that it's down to semantics because to travel through a black hole in the sense that you're in a ship made of, made of unobtainium yeah. and you <laughs> yeah. go through it is not possible. Essentially, but the thing that would stop you from traveling through a black hole is what's called tidal force, which is the gravitational force on the bottom half of you is great is m- greater enough than the gravitational force on the top of you that it would effectively turn you into an infinitely thin, infinitely long strand of spaghetti, right? Which, of course, a human being or a metal ship couldn't survive. But if the black hole is large enough, the gradient is shallow enough again we'll have to get alan to confirm this stuff okay um such that you could fall in and you would never experience that (laughs) you would never experience that (laughs) tidal force that would tear you apart well everyone should try it okay so i might oh yeah yeah go go i will not hang (laughs) out my question then is i am aware um that for some fucking unfathomable reason time slows uh, around a black hole. That was my question. So does it slow infinitely just to the point where it it's like you don't actually go... You know what I mean? Like yeah. Zeno's paradox, does it just slow mm-hmm. to the point where you're just like you don't actually get into the, 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 the thick of it? I've talked to a few physicists about this i've never quite been able to wrap my head around it but do i sound you, like do i sound like an ape no like, no no like, you're right so to you no that's right so that's when you guys talk it's, about the law that's how you sound you, you sound <laughs> like howler monkeys <laughs> yeah it's, it's like no, this when everyone else close. talks about music around me <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, yeah sorry sam i'm that's actually good. curious um so shit wait Say it again. We'll we'll edit it back. But I I lost. I, the, I'm the not thread. intelligent enough to restate well, that. So hang on, because this was it was, was actually the, the exact same question that I was going to ask, which is essentially that. Okay, and let me see if I can sort of phrase this correctly. Is like theoretically the singularity of a black hole, or the 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 motivating sort of thing that is causing the black hole to exist, is an infinitely dense piece right, of matter. Okay. I remember. And I so where we were going. as you, once okay. you've crossed the event horizon, mm-hmm. as you approach the infinitely dense piece of matter, gravity, the curve of gravity goes up infinitely, which means mm-hmm. that your speed approaches light, which means that time slows down. Is That's that very close? If it were just special relativity that we had to talk about, then you'd be right. But there's actually also general relativity, which says, and you were close, Raph. You genital said relativity? Genital relativity. So when you're near a black hole, genital relativity says, no, wait, that's not right. Um, the point is, you said black holes dilate time. I've done a lot of research into genital <laughs> relativity. 
Anyway, so the point I'm making is you're 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 partly right. Black holes do dilate time, but not because they're black holes. It's because gravity dilates time. Oh, so in shit. fact, time is going oh, faster here than it is on the top of Mount Everest because gravity is weaker on the top. And you can actually measure the difference. I actually, I don't know if you can measure the difference between here satellites. And the top of, but satellites, you, they have to adjust yeah. for that effect. And on the International Space Station and so on. And you can measure it with the decay rates of cosmic rays. As they, as they come in to the atmosphere, we observe either fewer or more of them, I forget which, than we should because they are experiencing more or less time, I forget which. Anyway, the point is, yes, time is dilated by a strong gravitational field. And Asher, you're right, as you approach the singularity, that dilation would basically go to infinity. Uh, which, if I'm correct, and I'm quite sure I'm not, so we'll have to get Alan in on this. My understanding is, as you approach the singularity of a black hole, for you, time would appear to speed up outside of the black hole. So the whole eternity of existence would zip by over your head as you're falling into the singularity. Fucking A. Yeah. yeah I'm actually very impressed by that. That's crazy pretty shit, amazing. Right? So... Okay, so I think I might have a gravity problem in my apartment because all my clocks <laughs> show different times. And I, because since it's daylight savings, I just reset them all today. And like, seriously, and they're all fucking digital. So I don't know why this is happening. Mm. I have no physical clocks. And they're all off within a couple of weeks. It's really ridiculous. My dad had to stop using digital watches because they kept stopping. Clearly, aliens are fucking our shit yeah, up. Cause you're, <laughs> right. That's because your dad keeps getting abducted. <laughs> You should like buy one of those. Your, that's your that's a your dad problem, not a digital watch problem. <laughs> I like to think it's gravitas. Oh god! So uh, so now we've sort of covered the black hole math, right? I mean, was well, there there's any still other the question of is there another side? Like, what happens when you go well, quote, through? Is there a beyond? And I thought that through was really the bottom of that gravity well, so that you just get crushed and incorporated into the singularity, right? Right. I mean, that would be the sort of straight interpretation yeah okay yeah. What, what are some other interpretations so this is again something we're gonna have to get alan in on and maybe ben because i've had this conversation with him but the theory of the einstein rosen bridge which is actually mentioned in the movie uh and which is often used as the physics basis for sci-fi concepts like wormholes right is basically, Alan talked about this in a previous episode, you can pinch off space-time and make what amounts to a tunnel between two points in space-time. Mm. And one theory as to how that could happen is, I think, two rapidly orbiting black holes as they collide. So I don't believe oh. that, the single, that a single singularity would I don't believe there are any theories which suggest that there would be an Einstein Rose bridge inside the black hole, i.e. there is no inside. There, there is, is no just inside the core. The yeah, there's just the singularity. Point of infinite density. Right. Right. Um but the idea that you could using a black hole make a thing that you could go through, there is some basis, I believe, in physics for that idea. Yeah, and I think okay, so to elucidate on that in terms of Alan's description. So if we think of a black hole as a giant cone or as any kind of cone where there's a bottom of the cone 
and that the the sort of trumpet or the bell of the cone is the event horizon of the black hole. The bottom of the cone would be the infinitely dense singularity that you're basically rushing toward. If you had two black holes, that these cones could theoretically cross one another. They're, they're sort of Something orbits of influence, like I right? Think, I think it's much more complicated than that. But a more interesting thing to think about, Asher, is, you know, we're talking about falling into a singularity, right? Right. So here's a thought experiment. Yeah. Try drawing a line that passes through an infinitely small point. Oh. Mm. Right? So if you're orbiting, mm. if you're falling into a black hole, that means you're orbiting. Right. right? That's right. an orbit is just a decay. A fall is just a decaying orbit. Right. Right. Um, or trivially decaying orbit. So if you're falling towards a singularity, you're going to miss it because it's infinitely small, right? Huh. Yeah. Like no path will exactly intersect the infinitesimal point. I'm having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, the highest speed you can attain is the speed of light, right? So as you get close to the speed, the, the singularity you orbit, so you you're going in ever smaller loops around the singularity. You're going faster and faster and faster. But at some point you achieve what is essentially terminal velocity. Right. Right. Which is light speed. Which is light speed. And, you know, I don't, I don't know the math here, but sort of my intuition is that you would end up, there's some weird effects there. Like, so that is to say, it seems quite clear that you would cross the event horizon falling into a black hole but it's not at all clear to me that you would ever reach the singularity yeah well also because again and this goes back to the i forget the name of the thing that you mentioned before raf but the like basically traveling half of a half of a half of a half right. of a Zeno's distance paradox yeah xeno's paradox and and essentially what happens is is as you approach the infinitely dense singularity because the speed of light is so immutable at least again my super caveman understanding of it is that basically time has to slow down to make up for the fact that you're not allowed to travel faster than this thing. Again, there's also the general relativity thing going on here, which means time gets dilated also by the gravitational field, not just by your speed. So not just by your speed, but by the gravitation. Okay. So, but in both cases and, and so Sam, your explanation of this was essentially that like you would be trapped in this place where you'd be trapped in this place where things are moving infinitely slow for you, but your only understanding of that would be your observation of the rest of the universe ending outside yeah. of your point of view. It's not that things are happening slow for you because that's not possible. Like every frame, physics has to work in every frame. So if you're falling towards a black hole, the physics have to make sense to you. Okay. So you would never fall slowly. That's not how it works, I think. But... It sure would look that way to people. It might look that way to people outside the black hole. Could they see you? Which, of course, they can't. Right. Because you've passed the event horizon, I think. Again, like, we really got to get Alan in on this and or Ben because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, it is amazing that, you know, just, like, the best I can do to understand this. And I've tried. This is not the first time (laughs) I've tried to, like, understand black hole physics or relativity or particle physics. And it's just, like... I've got to get the dumbed down version. Like you got to give it to me, real, real stupid, doc. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have one question though. Just one. I have one. Qu- I can only manage one. <laughs> Is it true that black hole sun will wash away the rain? No. Oh, damn it. 
Oh, you lied man. to me, Chris Cornell. <laughs> Chris Cornell. Oh, God. So, I don't know. Yeah, in terms of talking about other stuff in the movie, I mean, I just... Was there other stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I thought... It, to me, this movie had a real feeling of, like, studio people didn't know what was going on, and they were like, oh, 2001 was a hit. Star Wars was a hit. Like, let's order uh, one Star War, please. You know, <laughs> and, like, then fucking... Yeah, but let's also make it scary. Well... So the scariness of this Who movie. Who the fuck is this movie geared towards? This is <laughs> this. I think how how did this get made? I actually children because there was a huge marketing machine attached to it, right? Like all the toys, and there were there were games that got released, and and read along books with cassettes. But like it has the feel of like it, it's it's, it's so, horrifying. It's so you know in a way it, yeah, the movie is so controlled and it's so like inorganic in certain ways that is a feel of propaganda. But like propaganda for what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That's I don't understand what this is about. That's yeah. what I was saying about the plot. Like it doesn't seem to be trying to get anywhere except the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no arc really. Like the characters don't learn anything; they don't evolve. Yeah, don't, we don't give no a shit journey. about them. Yeah. yeah, which is it's so interesting in terms of economy. Of I was thinking about that while I was watching this, and and a few other times where I'm like, like when you think about how quickly you know what it, I was watching Last Jedi, and I was like thinking about how quickly we actually come to identify with and understand uh, so many Porks. of the characters' journeys in A New Hope in a way that I'm just like, I don't give a fuck about these people. And maybe it's because I'm older, but in this movie in particular, I was sort of like, these characters are nothing. Like, these actors are good, so they're, like, doing the best that they possibly can, but, like... Yeah, like, I had to watch the scene where Borgnine's character, like, double-crosses everybody three times because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Like, there's absolutely no indication no that he's going to do that. That he's a coward it's, of any there's, kind. Right. Yeah, there's wait. Not only I think no I foreshadowing... But like that it's Borgnine, not yeah. Borgnine betrays them. Yeah, yeah he, he pulls pretends. a Borgnine. <laughs> oh no! That's he why they call it a Borgnine. His leg is injured. <laughs> oh yeah. And takes oh, off. and then he hides in the thing. No, they're not. No, they walked away. Oh, they're just making a drug deal. Uh, some fans, some fans were waving at us. Oh, that's cool. That's um, weird. Considering hello. we haven't released a single episode. Yeah, they're just there's, fans there's pre- of the Twitter. There's buzz. There's buzz. <laughs> there's Time buzz. travel. Yeah, they saw they <laughs> the time travelers are shooting at us because this, <laughs> this podcast destroys civilization. Please, please call Time Cop. <laughs> Somebody get JCVD on this. Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just keep thinking about the robot funeral scene, and less so the scene when when they pull off the mask of one of the robots, and it turns out that it's like a human zombie underneath it. That was Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, for some reason, as a child, I remember that being particularly horrifying. And also, when Ernest Borgnine follows the limping robot, I remember that that long shot of the of the robot limping down the hallway with its like long cloak. And it, the the shot is like two seconds in the movie. Well, it disappears. He can't. I mean, right. it, it disappears. I mean, there's inexplicably. Like, no, so Again, that's another trope. There's another trope of like in horror and sci-fi of following something. And it like goes around a corner, past a door, and then it disappears. It's like something that's not moving fast. It disappears. What's unsettling about that, guys? I don't Who know. Who can tell us? Tweet at us. Yeah. 
I don't know. I guess tweet it, tweet it us at at Cory Booker and Jay. <laughs> 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 Do you want to throw it to endorsements? No. <sighs> Fucking hate you guys. Flu shots. Flu shots. That's your, that's your endorsement this week. Uh, abstaining from flu shots. Oh, that's your endorsement. Fuck. I don't know even that I have one. I just want to go on the record as being pro vaccine. I don't, Raph, I feel like <laughs> y- you should endorse Feels good. Tatiana. I gavalt. Okay, so or the Banya. So, oh yeah, so yeah, that's a good endorsement. Um, I think just in general, like, I nice. I really like going to Russian or well, any kind of like sauna or Banya bathhouse. They're a good time if you find a good one that's clean. Um, that's preferable. <laughs> Asher was there too. He I was, was not comfortable. I I got relaxed a little. No, it, he was, was pretty uncomfortable the, the whole time. Or the steam? There was it's no nudity. partial nudity. I yeah, mean, it's like you know, you so what made you uncomfortable? It was co-ed, so you didn't have well, your I mean, balls flopping around. Bacteria everywhere. Mm. Why is everyone looking at me like I'm out of my mind? I mean, they I do am. clean it frequently. No, no, no. I mean, it it's was actually I I relaxed house. and it was kind of wonderful. Yeah, you also are not touching anything. Well, you're sitting on the. I mean, you're touching those towels. God only knows where those have been. You don't think the they laundry. wash those? Yeah, they wash like them constantly. Soap. I know. Probably All right. Also with bleach. You yeah. Ever, you ever you know take the subway or sit Every in the chair day. at a restaurant? Yeah, I know. You know, use a public toilet sometimes. Occasionally. Okay. Yeah, uh, the bathhouses are, are are great. They're a lot of fun. They they feel really great. It's a good it's a place to spend some time with your comrades. <laughs> Especially if you guys all fought in the Afghanistan war together. <laughs> oh God, yeah. That's wait, my endorsement. Wait, which one? Oh, yeah, good point. Any of them. <laughs> <laughs> going back, going back to the the that, Crimea. That, going back to the oh, again, you know. Uh, going back to the Persian Empire. Exactly. Oh God. Darius Rucker the <laughs> sixth. <laughs> oh God. Okay, I got one. Billy yeah. Ray Cyrus the I, Eighth. I have been watching <laughs> the most amazing piece of entertainment that man has created. This show? It's called Shadow Hunters. <sighs> I'm getting excited. Dude. Oh my god, it's so amazing. <laughs> it's clearly for teenagers and I love the shit out of it. And you guys should watch it. What is it? <laughs> it's so bad. It's uh half angel, half human hybrids, hunting half demon, half human hybrids. Yeah, this sounds demons. Is that S- Xavier Renegade Angel? <laughs> oh God, no. that show is deranged. That's like another good one. Yeah, uh, no, it's amazing. It's the cheesiest, awesome show, and you guys should all watch it. Also, uh, the Scientology thing. Leah Remini. God damn, is that terrifying? Wait, which? I'm not sure if I've seen the, it. It's the on movie Hulu. No, from it's a HBO. Show. Oh, I haven't watched it's it. So fucking good, dude, and terrifying. Like really, really scary like i've had bad dreams from watching it shit all right cool but shadow hunters watch that i guess i'll endorse like uh the lucinda williams record this is actually a decent one i there was a record that came out when we were in high school that i completely ignored i i don't know whether it was like some internalized misogyny where i was just like i don't want to listen to like a female country singer and it was the first record that i could remember at the time getting a four and a half star if not a five star review in Rolling Stone that was a single album because I know they gave it to like the Nuggets box set but like in the time that I had been reading I had never read a review of something that had gotten this good uh, a rating and I was sort of like oh too bad it's country I'm never going to listen to that anyway it's the 20th anniversary of this record it's called Car Wheels on a Gravel Road and the first track is so good I, I just listened to it for the first time this past week and what's the name of the track? 
Uh, I think the track is called Right on Time or Right in Time. And it's, yeah, it's just a beautiful song. Maybe I'll play it as the outro to this episode. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, um, that's my endorsement this week. Thanks for tuning into the show, guys. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Asher Lack. Sam, you are at Case of Piles. Why are you saying it now? Because you didn't want to say it. Fair. Uh, Alan is at Highly Affiligent Raff. At Knife Sales 5000. <laughs> at uh, Juggalo gun gun. Power. <laughs> um, Based Juggalo Chocolate Factory. <laughs> slash <Nice>. LinkedIn. <laughs> um, you, you, can, <laughs> you can follow the show. Uh, on Twitter at Robot House Pod, and it's spelled H A U S. All right, thanks so much. Until next time, guys, uh, stay cool. Later. Adios.